Welcome to another episode of The Room Podcast, brought to you by NewEnglandMMA.org. Please follow, share, and enjoy the show, starting right now. Steve Domenico on this fabulous Wednesday night in the room podcast with a special guest. I have double champ, all class Mike Bazanson in the room coming off a spectacular first round KO at NEF 44 this past Saturday. Champ Mike, what is up, my man? Congratulations on a great performance and, uh, you know, making the crowd explode, bro. What's up, brother? Good to be back. Um, appreciate the uh, thanks there. Uh, feels good to be the double champ. Um, I don't really look at it like that. I just look at it as if it's another fight. It feels good to be just back in there in general and in front of the fans. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just chilling. <laughs> well, chillin'. well, my friend, it was your sixth time in there, your sixth finish. Did it feel any different? It was your second title fight. Um, second win for a title. Did it feel any different from uh, the last time you were in there? It's been a year and a half. What, what was the feeling like this sixth time around? Uh, sixth time? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, this one was the most comfortable I ever felt going into a fight. Um, everything felt right from walking into weigh-ins uh, and walking in the arena fight night. Everything was calm, cool, collective. I got to... Uh, walk around, see everybody, well, most of the people that were there to watch me fight. And it's one of those things, if you give it all you got, I mean, it's all going to fall into play um, that night anyway, so there's no need to stress over. Well, first fight back in, uh, well, yeah, a year and a half, first card for Neff. You are in a new gym, my friend. You are at Burgess MMA. Let's talk about that, the change. We had an interview before. Uh, before this fight, you know, a week or so out, man. Talk to us about the change and what led to uh, the change in our camps. Um, change in camps. This one was, obviously, we knew Duncan is um, predominantly a ground guy, strong guy against the cage. Um, a lot of his fights have been won on submission. And this fight camp, as opposed to the last ones, we pretty much drilled day in and day out on the wall, getting me pressed up against the wall and um, defending against wall takedowns and also uh, ground game defense. It's pretty much predominantly wrestling takedown defense is what we were trying to get after the most at this camp in, in, in particular because that's obviously the opponent we were going against. Well, I just uh, flashed a picture of some of the, the Burgess personnel, some, uh, some kids in there too. You have all walks of life in that place and a lot of a lot of established pros in there, man. When I heard you were going there, like when, before we interviewed, you know, you were with, uh, you know, Greg and, and you know, at, at his gym for so long being brought up. And then you mentioned uh, Burgess. I thought, you know, maybe, um, you know, maybe something was going on with Greg. And there is. He retired after the fight. So w was that something that you knew about? So the change had to come anyway down the line that you had to kind of uh, – find a new home to uh, get this work at? I had no idea until probably because me and Greg talk on like, a, I mean, we talk very frequently. Um, I only found out about a week before the fight actually happened uh, that he was going to 
um, retire from the MMA side of the gym because he's still got his his um, Japanese jiu-jitsu school going. But, yeah, I found out it was a surprise to me um, for sure, and I didn't – that's not the reasoning for moving to Burgess. The reason for moving, uh, moving to Burgess is because I had obviously moved to Manchester, New Hampshire, and um, that was – that, that's the gym that made the most sense to me. And the first day I went in there to kind of feel it out, I mean, I got hooked right out the gate. So that's the reasoning behind of the transition into gyms. Now I have his, uh, his post up. He put a post up there, an emotional post about, you know, retiring and talking about you and all the yep. things that you set out to, to happen for you in your career. And, you know, it was kind of great send off for him. You had a lot of, uh, a lot of, I would imagine training partners that you kind of, uh, grew up with or they grew up with you that fought that night so it was a special special night for everyone all around you had a lot of young amateurs there that I've you know never heard of some making their debuts man the gym in a whole performed incredibly incredibly well what are these other uh you know these other kids uh you know ladies and gentlemen that train there where are they going to go as far as to get their MMA way MMA work because you said he's still going to be doing um you know some sort of martial arts within within his business, but where are they going to go now to get that work? Is there a, is there a plan for them or is that something you just don't know? Um, I'm not too, too sure what the, where they're going to end up. I know that a lot of them are going, I, I think at least four of them are going out to college. Obviously school starting back up soon. Um, I know multiple, like none of them are going to the same school. So they're all going to different parts of, I think Maine and New Hampshire. So I'm sure that they will, um, I mean, if they have that, if if they have that heart for it, they're gonna continue to do it no matter where they are or what the, um, what the severity of their, jeez, um, I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. <laughs> it's so, dude, I know exactly what you're saying, I don't even man. They wind up somewhere. I, yeah, I'm, I just went way up and then <laughs> lost it. It's gonna be that Irish whiskey you sip. I know <laughs> it's gonna be the Irish. I don't know where the hell they're going. I I know that I did tell them we had a great family, um, like a team family gathering the other day. It was uh, for dinner at Giuliano's house. All the fighters that night got together. We had a great time, um, and I did explain to them if they have any questions or any. Um, any time they want to come down and train over here just to get some. Matt time in. I'm always open. Um, but yeah, what, wherever they go is totally up to their um, decision. Excellent. Well, there's a lot of affiliates, affiliates, a lot of friends of yours, a lot of gyms that are, you know, people come, come, you know, jump around, get that work in there. So they're going to fall in place. Like you said, if they have the passion behind them, they still want to continue. They're going to find their place to do it. So uh, let's get to you, my friend. Um, a lot to prove. On Saturday night, you were going into and, uh, you know, facing the champion. And, um, dude, let's talk about it. You did basically everything you said you were going to do in there. You were looking for that finish. You were looking for that next title. And you were looking to do it in uh, spectacular fashion, which you did. Let's talk about it, my friend. Right off the gate, we knew what he was looking to do. He was looking to close the distance get a hold of you and take you down. Let's go from there, brother. I have the fight. I'll stop playing it while we talk about the entrance to the cage and, uh, you know, the start of that fight. All right. Yeah. So right at the beginning behind the curtains where nobody can see, um, it was very, very close 
so the red corner and blue corner were so they were only divided by like a loincloth thickness of a curtain <laughs> it was so tight like you could see the other corner getting ready um and when i was wa uh, waiting to walk out with um uh, nate romano and greg duncan was just standing there like staring at me through the curtain and i can you could see it clear as day. i mean i actually even said good luck tonight brother are we touching gloves he he said no for whatever reason obviously he's probably just concentrated um said all right and then that's where it all started i was still calm cool and collective just ready to excited to get out there feel the crowd's energy and just feed off of it um and then once that bell rang i still calm but I will give him the fact, the benefit of the doubt, he did throw me off. I thought he was going to throw the left kick and then trade a little bit, then shoot. But he shot right off the left kick, and then he threw the right and then shot. So, I mean, that's where he got me instantly, and he pressed me against the cage for a good, like, 45 seconds. And um, he got me there. I, he definitely threw me off. I didn't know he was going to shoot that fast. I thought he wanted to stand a bang maybe for, like, at least 30 seconds. But he was not playing around. He meant business. He went to go in there and do exactly what – he trained for in his training camps, I would imagine. Now, what we're watching right now is when he has you on the cage, and it looks like he got you to the mat. Is that an official takedown there, Mike? Like, what what do you consider that? I mean, what were they saying? I mean, it looks like it is, but, he, you know, he's not fully in control there as far as, you know, you know, having that control of you. Uh, what do you think there? What are people saying? Was that an official takedown that he had on you? Um. So, I'm not a... Uh, official referee of MMA, right? I, I've been told uh, by multiple, multiple people that a takedown, yeah, you have to have control, but in MMA also there has to be a significant strike landed or, you know what I mean? I would I call it dominancy or something like that. Whether it's considered official takedown or not, I'll leave that to the professionals because that's not my jurisdiction. I have no friggin' idea. Um, my butt touched the ground. I know that for a little bit, but I mean, it was only for how, how many seconds, right? I mean, I sprung right back up. Um, so for, I'm just gonna, I'm going to say it, it's not until someone throws in some statistics <laughs> and proves me wrong, but well, I'm go. not the judge. So whatever. Well, here you go. Here you go, my friend. Well, if it is or isn't buddy, we talked about it. And when we talked about it, you said, Hey, if he gets me down, you know, I'm going to get right back up. And that's exactly what you did. And, um, you know, you were starting, you know, the, the coaches, your coaches are right near me and they were, at, you know, looking for underhooks. And that's when, uh, you know, he had that knee that hit in, in the, you know, in your, in your sack there. And I was right there and you were like, Oh, ho, 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 that was a good one. So that, yeah. that kind of broke the action and, you know, you got a little rest period and right off the bat, dude, it was like I didn't have, you know, I, I put a break on my camera because I didn't want to see you moaning what you're holding your balls and stuff because I'm right there. So I shut it off. But as soon as I, you know, he put the start of the action again, full throttle, and you landed that big shot that started the end of that fight, man. Let's talk about it. And what was going through your mind when you got that, you know, that that pause in the action and you got to regroup and then melee started? What What went through your head at that point? So, yeah, I mean, I just pretty much executed then what I should have done right out the gate. I was kind of laid back, just like wanted to play outside counter punching right out the gate. But once he just showed, I mean, he was like, no, he's not, he was not fucking around. He was going right in for the takedown. And I knew the first thing he's going to do when that, once uh, Kevin McDonald tells us to go again, 
once he gets the chance, he's going to do the same thing. He's going to go for that double leg and he's going to try to press me against the cage. So I'm like, fuck this. I'm going to show him what I'm, I'm going to show him my version of a double leg. It's just one straight punch to your face and then let you figure out everything else. And that's, that's what, all I got. That, that's what happened. And, you know, as instinct, what Duncan would, would do with instinct after he got hit like that is duck in and go for that takedown again. And uh, that's when you sprawled, and that's when you know he was he was hurt. So credit right. to Duncan, man. He hung in there, man. It took a little oh, yeah. bit, took a little bit for you to get him out of there. And I mean, uh, having the controller there in the beginning of the fight, man, his plan was working. But you just came out with uh, the way Mike always comes out, knocking people out, TKO him, six six finished, six TKO KO. Um, Duncan was incredible after that fight. Picked you up. Huge camaraderie in that cage, man. What was going on? Anything said that you can uh, say to us? Because uh, it was a proud moment for for everyone, for the camp. And, I mean, Duncan seemed to be all right with everything that went on. And, uh, man, held his head up. And, uh, man, he was a great champ while he, while he held that belt. Right, yeah. he was a, He's a strong dude. I mean, uh, and first off, the head on that guy. You seen the head on that guy? <laughs> He's got a big head, bro. Well, it's not easy to knock someone out like that. He's got a he's got a big head and he's fucking I mean, he took some shots. I mean, yeah. that that normally that shot right there would have put someone out cold and they would have they went limp. They would have gone limp. I mean, I mean it sent him, but he stayed in tune. Yeah, he wasn't like I mean, it, I mean he got dazed, but it took me a couple more shots to get him down to the ground and that's that right there alone is impressive. I mean, that dude's head's this big, bro. It's hard to knock out a dude that it's that big. It's pretty fucking big. Um, <laughs> it's pretty big. Um, but yeah, he's a tough dude. Um, and yeah, I don't remember what the hell else question you asked. <laughs> well, it was all, it was all about that, all about you know being him tough and oh, I you know oh, what, oh, was anything what said, he after, said afterwards? Yeah, well, he said I'm, I'm pretty sure he congratulated me. He said that um, I know for a fact he said that. He st- he believed that he could he could beat me, and that's totally respected. I mean, he probably gave everything he had in his fight camp. I got nothing bad to say about him, uh, and I won't say nothing bad about him. Um, he had the guts to get in there and do the best he could, and um, yeah, congratulations to um, I don't even know. <laughs> to, to, to everyone involved, dude, you were just in a, you were just in a, you were, terrible you, were, at this shit you were just in a, in a fight on Saturday. I gotta, you know, I gotta give you, you know, I gotta give it to you, you know, you, you, of course, I'm I, terrible I, at this one. Well, right, when dude. it's live, I know, I'm, dude, it takes me like seven hours to fucking uh, edit our interviews because you, you you're terrible. It's it sucks. I, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Hey, dude, I must say another thing of the night, man, made my night was the celebration after your fight where. Uh, mm. You know, the ring girl, Catherine, is a spectacular specimen of a woman in there. She, I, you know, Mike, I don't know if you're, you're, you got a girlfriend or I don't know what's going on with your love life. But I have the video of her celebrating Um, right in front of me. I know, I know you did. It was the biggest, biggest celebration I've ever been to after a fight, man. I'm going to play it right now because she shared it. I shared it. Everyone shared it. So, dude, you had no idea this is going on. So I'm going to play it right now as we talk because you're over there still celebrating. Woo, woo. And this girl's beautiful bum is right in my face. Dude, this is the funniest part, dude, because I'm over here winning my second title on a knockout, and you're over here celebrating a booty. Dude, I couldn't help it. It like was in the middle of my shot. 
it was like unbelievable. So Mike, I put that out and instantly I'm getting messages more about the girl's bum than uh, you winning the title and all that stuff. I mean, I guess next time I win a, a title or win in general, I got to uh, shake my ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, man, it was a great, great performance. And it was a great after, after, uh, after <laughs> win. I don't even know what to call it. I feel like you, man. So, all right, brother, let, let, let's move ahead, man. You win that title. You got two titles on a year, 6-0 and now as an amateur. You had yep. a year and a half off because of, you know, all the stuff going on. Neff's got a card, I do believe, in November. Uh, you ha- you own the Combat Zone title, which they have a card coming up. You know, a whole bunch yep. of other amateur promotions, pro and amateur mixed, have cards coming up. There's belts open everywhere. What are you looking to do? What's going on with you as far as, you know, your what you're looking for next as far as your career? Um, there's nothing set in stone yet. Um, obviously, I don't want to give anybody any no. false information. But what the goal is, what the plan was, and still sticking pretty much to it, is the next fight, I plan on going professional. Um, there's no set date. We were thinking about the October 29th card for Combat Zone, but that's not set in stone yet. Specifically because we still have two, um, we actually have three people fighting out of Burgess within, so we got two people fighting, which is Sky and Romano's fighting September 11th in Vermont, and we have Tim Karen fighting uh, September 18th. The gym's focus right now is specifically on those guys' fights, which makes total sense, and then we're going to figure it out from there, but... Uh, Plan on going pro. Nothing set in stone yet, but obviously um, I'll let you know as soon as I figure it out. And um, obviously the close family members and close people to me will will know as soon as I figure it out as well. Excellent, my friend, man. Uh, we can't wait to see when that happens. And, uh, you know, giving up them two belts, we're going to have some uh, other new contenders coming up and being able to, you know, fight for them belts, man. Uh, a lot of great people have held them. It's great that all these cards are opening up, and it's great to hear that you're going to be uh, making your pro debut on on one of these great promotions in the area. Uh, dude, as far as Burgess, man, how are they feeling about uh, having you aboard? I mean, you talked about them, training with them. How important is it for them to have you in the camp now because now you get to help these these uh, these these training partners you just talked about get ready for fights, man. So how important is that for them? Um, I wouldn't say importance though. I wouldn't say importance a word because they they were doing yeah. absolutely unbelievable before I even got there. I would say that um, it works out great for both of us because yeah, I can. I mean, that's just an, I'm another body that's there, day in and day out grinding, and it's always good to have that energy you know what i mean it's always good to have somebody that comes to the gym and is giving it their all just like the other fighters that are in the gym you know what i mean it's it's always good to have an extra body that's giving it their all because that's what's going to make you guys or whoever it is progress even better that's exactly why i've progressed over the years it's just people pushing me to the to the limits and just giving it their all and i thank them for where i am today i couldn't have done it by myself i know that for a fact i know there's only one it's only a one-on-one sport, but it's it's I you can never get there by yourself. I mean, it's that's that's the beauty of it. 
Well, my friend, uh, this, uh, you know, as you're getting them ready and as you enter training camp, it's a whole new ball game for you. You get to throw elbows. You get to do things that Where? you couldn't do before. And, Mike, as we know, you're kind of a flash fighter in there when you're allowed to do it, you know. Um, right. You know, hoping hoping that we get a matchup that you go against another striker in there that so we can see uh, some really uh, really cool stuff from you is um, <laughs> what are you expecting to? Uh, well, you probably already have it added in your arsenal, but is there anything that you're looking forward to be able to throw uh, when you're allowed to do everything in that cage? I can't wait for elbows. <laughs> Oh my God! I can't wait for elbows, and especially actually elbows and knees. I when when you just take pretty much, I'll use any limb to hit you. It doesn't matter what I hit you with. I'm just gonna. I it could be my forearm. If I can hit you with any body part, it's gonna hurt. That's what. That's my goal is to hurt you. Shoulder strikes, because you can't even. Actually, a lot of people don't know this. You cannot even throw shoulder strikes in amateur. And Even I, you know what, Mike, as you're saying that, when you were talking to Kevin in the yeah. room, like when he was going over some of the rules, like cage side, when you were like when Duncan was walking in, yeah. I saw you or heard you say that no, uh, no shoulder right. strikes. And I saw Kevin go, yeah, no. And that's, right. I, I mean, yeah. for you to even think of asking that as far as an amateur, man, I mean, you are ready for the pros, you know what I mean? To, to, well, to, I mean you know what I mean? I would hate to have a John Jones type situation where my only loss is because of an illegal strike. That's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. So that's why I asked him every single thing that I would have possibly been able to throw or tried to throw him. Cause when you're, when you're clinched up on the cage, those shoulder strikes are so they're very effective. Yeah. Um, that's why I asked. And same with up kicks. If I did end up being on my back, I wanted to make sure I can up kick without getting penalized for it. So yeah, I can't wait to be able to throw knees, especially, I don't know if you saw me, but, um, after I stunned Duncan and he went for the double leg and came back up, I got a clinch and I, I hesitated. And I, I wanted a knee so bad. And hey, then Mike, I just stopped Mike, myself and regretted. I got to give a shout out to your photographer there. What's his name and uh, his website or, or his Joe, business? Joe Vigor. I, you can I, find him, Joe Vigor, on uh, Facebook. I'm going to play them pictures as we're talking because I already played them once. I'm going to uh, play them again. He sent them to me today as far as because he's a spectacular uh, photographer. He, uh, you know, that the, the Symphony of Destruction card, that was his first MMA event, yep. he said. And the, the pictures were friggin' amazing from that event. But I'm going to play these while you're talking because that picture is in, this, it. it's, yeah, yeah. It's in this montage. So I'm going to play it. So you felt that knee, that you wanted that knee to come up, man. Oh, and, oh my God. It would have been so beautiful because <laughs> it's hard to hit. I mean, Duncan was like uh, elbow to elbow. So it's so hard to hit somebody when they're like that. Obviously, you can get their ears, but. A perfect knee right down the middle is just, oh, it would have been so, it would have been picture perfect. <laughs> it really would have. And, and the thing, Mike, I mean, you've been finishing fights, six of them. When you, when right. you get, well, there's the picture I just picked, showed the picture just now. When you're allowed to do all that stuff, man, it's going to be scary, dude, because you're finishing people with the, you know, with things you can't do in there that you have in your arsenal. When you have full, you know, full, uh, allotment of uh, skills in that cage, man. It's going to be a scary thing watching you, uh, you know, maybe slice people up a little bit. I hope the hell so. That's what it's all about. <laughs> so, Mike, uh, last couple of things before I let you give you a shout out to stuff. I met your mom, cage oh, side. Oh, boy, I, did I, you ever? That's I, how I got this shirt. I thought right. it was your sister at first because I was like, you're, you're not, you don't look old enough to be his mom. 
Awesome shirt, man. Look at that. They have the new shirts, by the way. The new Room Podcast shirts. I tried to sign it, Mike, but uh, Travis gave me a limp fucking uh, shoppy. Oh, it's on there. The it's on, on there. there. I just can't wash it. All right, my friend. All right, my friend. So, dude, she tracked me down as I was walking by. I was going to get a beer. <laughs> I was going to go get a beer. Uh, I think a couple of fights before yours, right? Yeah. So I'm walking by her. So I, she's like, hey. And I'm like, she goes, I'm Mike's. And I thought she was going to say sister. And she said she was your mother. And I was like, oh, my God. Blah, blah, blah. And then the first thing she asked me was, do you have a shirt? No. <laughs> I said, yeah, I do. It's right here. And she goes, sign that thing. <laughs> That's so funny. Do you remember, actually, this is how calm I was, dude. Remember before the fight even started, I looked at you and I said, you got my shirt? Yeah. And you said, your mom got it. <laughs> In the case, only thing I was thinking about is the shirt I did. Where's that fucking shirt? Dude, man, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you, dude, for, uh, you know, giving me the time and, uh, you know, let me uh, let me fuck around with you, dude. Uh, you're a hell of a Absolutely. fighter, hell of a dude, man. And, uh, and, you know, congratulations and all the power to you for everything's happened for you and, you know, your career. And especially in the last year and a half with everything shutting down and you coming out like you haven't missed a step, bro. Hey, did I not tell you last podcast? <laughs> First or second round TKO. And I called it. Exactly. I predicted it all. Exactly. Well, it's not too hard to predict it when you're knocking people out in the first and second round every fight. No, I'm like, you know, I got you. I mean, hey, it's, it's more impressive when it's against somebody that's hold, held the title for yeah. so long. Yeah, and Duncan, and, and another thing about Duncan, he just won a title two weeks, be, uh, like three weeks or so before that. Three or so. weeks before, yeah. At, uh, to you a know, very good striker. Yeah, so kudos to that kid. I was going to interview um, Duncan, you know, right after you, we were going to get an interview, and then he's selling cars, he's busy, he's training for fights. So we kept, like, missing each other. But I'm sure yeah. he's, I'm sure he's going to come back and uh, maybe he'll go pro or maybe he'll get one more fight as an amateur uh, to maybe that have that belt to go into pro again. I don't know what he's going to do, but I'll get a word with him down the line and talk about the experience and what's next for him because he's a good dude and uh, you know he is, man. I got, yeah. yeah I got nothing against him and uh, I actually me and him have um, spoke words through Facebook and yeah I his he he was really looking forward to stopping me in my tracks yeah. for. Um, for my streak, but he he's mentioned that he he's he's gonna he's plans on going pro too, and obviously that will be. Um, it looks like he's gonna stay with it, which is great. I'm I'm excited for him too, and I can't wait to see what his future holds. Uh, but obviously, you'll find more as time goes on. You'll yeah. figure. I mean, that'll Definitely. be announced later. That's, that's his business, and best of luck to him in the future as well. Excellent, my man. Well, we know about you and your future and what you're looking to do. We know about your training partners. Uh, I think one has a title, Romano in uh, uh, in Vermont. You said yep. a couple of a couple of them there, and uh, you have Tim Karen who's fighting for CES. Is it in September? Correct. Yep. Excellent, man. So you're going to be busy. We're going to be seeing you around. I'll be seeing you right. maybe uh, maybe cage side or uh, you know traveling around with the Burgess crew as they're uh, as they're walking to the cage or whatever, my man. So. Last thing before I let you go, brother, I have your sponsor flyer up here, man. Perfect, uh, perfect. Give give shout outs, give social media, give thanks, and I'll throw that up here as you're um, as you're talking about sponsors and whatever else you want to say before I let you go. Perfect. Um, if you got my sponsors on the on the screen, I'll make it easy. Yeah. Shout out to all of you guys. I mean, that's huge. Um, couldn't do it without you. Big shout out to um, Dr. Paul. Uh, 
Cameron Chiropractics. He's a he's a beast. He's the one that got me loose for this fight. Um, I spent a couple times with him in the uh, ice chamber as well. Thank you so much. Uh, huge shout out. We I know we talked about it a little bit earlier um, to Greg Williams um, and his retirement to the MMA world. Um, obviously, me and him are going to be continuing to um, talk constantly. But uh, shout out to him because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be where I am today in the MMA aspect of things because he's where it all started. And I couldn't thank him enough for being not only a coach, but that father figure that I needed throughout that high school um, lifestyle that I was living. And it was, uh, I owe him a lot and uh, we're just getting started still. So um, he'll be, he'll be around and he won't be coaching, but he'll be in these MMA events and I'll make sure of it because I'll kick his ass if he doesn't. That's how we roll. <laughs> big shout out to big shout out to team uh, team Burgess, obviously Tim, Karen, uh, Romano, you guys, um, Mike, both the Ryan's, pretty much everybody in Team Burgess has helped me out tremendously, mentally and physically, and I can't thank them enough. Um, Nate, for sure, head coach, they're all amazing. Um, nothing bad to say about anything, anybody in there. Uh, it's a big family and. Big shout out to last one. Big shout out to you, big man. Who is he? Oh, Where this guy. This guy right here. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, thanks for having me, brother. It's always a pleasure. Great energy, like always. Even if we're fumbling our words because yeah. we don't know how to talk, we drank maybe a little bit, one too many Miller Lights or Irish whiskeys. But hey, it is what it is. Hey. <laughs> I'm on three. So uh, yeah, dude. Uh, you know that's part of my shtick is uh, is stuttering and then forgetting like train of thoughts, man. No one can copy you. You know, we can copy you when you do that. You know what yeah, I mean? So yeah. you, you are what you are, man. So, you know what's live. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who else does this live? You know what I mean? They're all afraid to do it. You know what I mean? Except for except for a couple a couple people I really enjoy. But uh, Mike Allclass, brother, thank you so much for the time, man. Appreciate it. And, uh, dude, we'll definitely be seeing each other because I'll be at these events and I'll be uh, probably talking to uh, some, of your, uh, some of your partners ready for battle down the line, bro. Awesome. I hope so. I hope so. I always love. Hey, I love watching your podcast, brother. It's sick. Thanks, my man. We're always trying to improve it, and uh, man, as long as we have guests like you, man, and we'll keep rolling. We'll keep rolling. That's what we do. Let's get it. Later. Later, man. Hang up. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike Bazanson, all class, man. That was what. Awesome shit right there. He's still on watching me right now. Mike, you can stay on all night and watch the show from there if you want. But I might as well, right? But yeah, have a good one, brother. <laughs> right, later. <laughs> Mike Bazanson, man. All class. And he's all class, man. I have a ball with that kid, man. Uh, Mike Paul Vera is calling in in like uh, a couple of minutes. I got to get all of uh, Mike's stuff off here. His um, text and stuff like that. Uh, and I got to get all Mike stuff up here. Get ready for Mike Paul there. Uh, this is why I need. Uh, oh, there it is. I put the fight card up there. Put that up there. Oh, that's wrong. Can't put that in Mike Paul there text. There it is. What else we need up there? Is the logo. Where is your logo, Mike Paul there? There it is. I got it all there. This is why I need a producer, people. This is why I need a producer. I'm going to tell Mike to call in at any time he's ready. Call in anytime. So if anyone would like to come down here on a Wednesday night for like an hour and a half and just press buttons and, uh, you know, get the next caller ready for me while I don't have to do it and look like a schmuck, but it's all right. It's, 
I don't get paid for this. It's a hobby, so it doesn't have to be perfect. So, but if I can get someone down here, I'll give you a, you know, I'll smoke pot with you or something, you know, have, give you a beer. I'm not paying you because I'll just do it my fucking self. Uh, you'll get some uh, credit for helping me with the show. <laughs> and I'll give you a shirt. So with that said, anyone wants to come down here, you got to be cool. And I might put you on the mic to be my, um, my, uh, what's, what's Joe Rogan's guy? I, I can't even fucking think right now. So, uh, all right, call in when ready. All right, so I'm sending Mike Polvier a message right now. So as Mike Polvier, we're getting ready for him to uh, call in. I have his fight card here. So we're going to look at it. We're just going to keep it up there until Mike is ready to call. And, oh, there he is right there. Hold on, that was quick. Mike, you're dressed. Hold on. Let me get you on here. I was afraid I was afraid you weren't going to be dressed, so I didn't have my screen capture on yet. There you are. <laughs> What's up, Just in bro? case I was here. <laughs> yeah. I'm, thanks for the warning, bro. <laughs> All right, let me fit you in here, man. Uh, yeah, perfect. You look good. Just, just what you did just now, man. What's up? You look great. How do, how do we sound? Do you sound all right? Thank you. All right, my man, Mike Polvere. I can hear you loud and clear. Mike Polvere in the house. What's up, boss? What's going on, guys? How you doing? You got the Miller Lite? Yeah, I got a couple of them, and I actually have some in the bag that I don't like keep on uh, keep on the desk because I don't want to look like have like a keg king in here. So. Are you, <laughs> hey, Mike, you're kind of oh. lag. You're kind of lagging. Oh. Let me let me call you right back. Hello? All right, he's lag. He's lagging. Let me call him. back, bro. Yeah, let me call you. It, I think it works better when I call. So let me see. Let me see what happens here. He looked great till he turned the phone. There we go. The sounds better and everything right now. All right. That seems better. Just uh. You, you know what I did is I uh. I don't think I was connected to my Wi-Fi, so I put that on. Yeah, you're perfect now. You look go you look gorgeous, brother. You sound great right um, now. I, you know, we gotta have Mike Mike looking hot in the picture, man. We can't have it all blurry, bro. <laughs> so Mike, um, Mike, I, you were probably working. You were probably uh, ordering people around at the restaurant. But I had Mike Bazanson on, man. Um, dude's a killer. You know, I mean, I, I'm. You definitely know about the kid, man. Uh, did you happen to catch his fight? And uh, were you? you know, interested in it at all because the kid was going for a second promotional belt in New England, man. And, uh, you know, one of those, uh, huge promotions in New England did, is it, was it something that you wanted to watch and, uh, really interested with? Yeah, man. I mean, listen, I've always said it all along, you know, our, our amateur titles, especially has nothing to do with popularity or, um, ticket sales. We want the best fighters in New England to represent our company and our brand. Um, so, you know, whenever you see a guy that says experience is him, you know, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's definitely somebody that's on your radar. His name actually came across my desk. I want to say last event and, you know, coming out of the pandemic, I think, what is he five and oh, leading into he, that? He, yeah. Yeah. He was five and oh. Yeah. So it's, it, it was at the time it was like coming out of the pandemic, trying to match a guy who's five and oh out the gate when everybody's been on the shelf. And it was a little difficult task, but, uh, you know, he's definitely somebody I'd be interested in bringing in. Um, I caught a couple seconds of it, um, of his interview, when I got the notification. And is, is that gym breaking up or something going well, on? He, he moved from Greg's gym because Greg was retiring from the MMA side of uh, the camp, 
beside of the gym. He's still beginning running his martial arts part, but as far as the MMA portion, he is not going to be doing that. So Mike moved to Burgess, but it wasn't for that. It was just because he needed to relocate because of work, and he moved, yep. and he moved. And uh, Burgess, I guess he went there a few times, and, and you know, they were a fit for him, so he decided he was going to go with them. And, uh, you know, Greg's a huge, uh, you know, he, you know, that was definitely a big blessing of Greg for him to go there. And uh, Greg's still going to be a part of his career in some form, but, yeah, Burgess is his, uh, his camp now. Yeah, so, um, you know, obviously, like I was saying, you know, I couldn't, I, coming out of the pandemic and a guy got 5-0, and oh, get him a fight, it, 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 it proved a little difficult, so I wasn't able to pull anything off. But with that being said, um, I do know Jack Congdon, after his last fight, was looking for a 170-pound well, uh, well, well, amateur well, title dance he, he said he's turning pro. All right, yeah, well. His, <laughs> yeah, his next fight is going to be pro, so... Uh, Man, uh, that's a whole nother ball game, and that's a whole other matchups and uh, possibilities for everyone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I thought I saw I was I thought you were going a different uh, direction. I, 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 man. I was. I was hoping that he was going to stay uh, amateur. You know, that was going to be a big thing. That you know, who? What are you looking for next? Are you looking to defend? Are you looking to capture another title? Three? You know? And then he tells me to go in pro, but that's still a big. Yeah. That's still a big commodity as far as pro because that kid. Wherever he goes, uh, I see him making it, yeah. making it pretty far in his MMA career. So anyone that he uh, tags along with as far as his pro career, man, is going to get a lot of eyes on him. But let's talk about Cage well, Titans, Mike. Well, I got I to gotta give you credit, and I guess we'll drop the news here. You know, the room, you guys do so much for fighters, giving them these platforms. And I thought you were going to do my job for me. <laughs> um, no one else knows besides you behind the scenes. But last week you had a fighter, Nuri, on. And you tagged me, you talked a little bit about uh, Cage Titans and what's the future for him at 55 pounds. You may or may not heard we're looking at it doing a show September 25th. If you didn't want to wait till November 6th, you tagged me. The next day I was in his inbox. The same day we got a fight, September 25th. Nuri's going to take on Mohamed Alkiani for the Cage Titans uh, lightweight title on September 25th. Whoa. All made by yours truly. Steve Domenico. The podcast. Here you go, brother. The podcast. You might say you don't watch, but we get things happening here. Dude, yeah. um, you know, it's funny because the way he was speaking, he was going to take a little time off and then, uh, you know, come back. But he sp mentioned Mo. He mentioned Chris. He mentioned all them yeah. top, top 155ers. He reminds me of a Billy Goff, like the way he is looking for fights. He's not looking for... Uh, an easy road. He's looking for these tough fights. So when he does turn pro, he's going to be conditioned for it. So man, that's exciting, bro. Uh, when you called him or when you contacted him, like what was this? What was he saying? Did, did you get the wrong nut? Like what's going on? <laughs> I just like, hey, listen, brother. Like I saw you. You know, uh, I think I share you. You do a really good job. Like let's be honest. Um, you know, we do a Table Titans podcast, and it's hard to get somebody's attention to sit here and listen to you know, your podcast or mine for a full hour on Monday nights or Wednesday nights, you know, so on and so forth with the hustle and bustle. But I got to give you credit. What you really do is you go back and you edit them and you take out those like um, popcorn moments or those standout moments. And, and you clip that little piece where he was talking about Chris O'Brien. I basically shared it and it had the tags in it. And that my next message to him was, Hey, um, you know, I saw that you were looking for an opportunity. 
And he was like, absolutely. Um, what are you looking at? And would you want to fight Mo? And I hit up Mo, and they were like, because Mo wanted to fight on this card, but another one, an eight and one amateur. Like, you know, everybody's been on the shelf. No one's really jumping at the, you know, jumping at the opportunity to fight an eight and one amateur. And he just um, came on. Like, he just he just came off a fight like three three weeks or so, right? <laughs> yeah, and he, had to, he had to go all the way down. I forget where he fought in some other state. Um, but you know, I've always talked to his coach. And after Mo came to Cage Titans, speaking of guys who like killers, you know, Chris O'Brien coming off his loss. Um, you know, he wanted to fight Mokiani. He searched out Mokiani and was like, that's the guy I want to fight because I only want to test myself against the best. Mo's another one. He's tried to fight killers, but no one wants to fight him. But, uh, you know, when somebody calls your name, you got to answer that call. And, and, and you know, the fight fight's going to happen September 25th. Excellent. Well, Mike, um, you know, we talk a little bit, you know, a lot of it behind the scenes. <laughs> and, 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 you know, you did, you did mention uh, a little that this fight could happen. And I, you know, kept the beans to myself. What's funny is you talked about the little clips that I put out. I put it on Instagram and I put it on Instagram stories, Instagram stories. I have to say people watch that shit like crazy that and the Facebook stories, because it's almost like they're not being seen. They watch them. So they don't like, like they, they're like watching them without you knowing they're watching them. You know what I mean? Like that's how people, so I put them up there. And the funny thing is, is Chris O'Brien, uh, like the post and he doesn't like much of you know much stuff because it, yeah. you know it's not much about him and stuff so uh, but I put it up there he liked it and then Mo made a comment he put an emoji and I couldn't make out what the emoji I screenshot and everything I was blowing it up I'm trying to figure out what he put it there I don't know if it was like it was a hands clapping or or something oh, but the, the pray hands oh the was that, it was a pray hands. Like, oh, right, thank so, you or right. whatever so I was like all right my wife's it's two hands touching, she said. Oh, is that? There's a She's hiding herself behind the door. Get that camera away from her. <laughs> they don't want her yoga shorts on, uh, on the camera. Um, but yeah, so. Softball and we won. So. Why not? I th- hey, so, Mike, uh, I feel special. Your wife isn't even on Facebook, and she's on my she's on my podcast. Listen. I want to put this on. Oh yeah. So listen. Um, you, you, you got, you got, you got a special feature. I don't think she does anything on social media. So you got an exclusive, uh, but yeah. So actually Chris O'Brien hit me up about the fights and uh, about this weekend. And then I said, Oh yeah. Hey, I saw that you posted something about training again and, and, and trying to get back to the gym. And he's like, yeah. I said, did you see that guy call you, you know, call you up by name on Domenico's podcast he's like what are you talking about and and sure enough he went back and i told him about it and he went and checked it out so um you know he he it was kind of cool he, he liked to see that and it might give him a little extra motivation maybe we'll see him in the cage Great. uh end of the year beginning next yeah when i i talked to chris a little bit after um you know after the last show uh, at the after party and you know he talked a little bit about you know he's got a lot of stuff going on i mean a good, good career job and stuff like that and he fought for a while, you know what I mean? So, I mean, you know, COVID and all that other stuff, man, when he comes back, uh, his name is going to explode. If he, when, and if he decides to come back, it's a big commodity for Cage Titans. Uh, you know, no matter if he comes back for one or a couple, dude, uh, he's a big name for you. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, everybody fights for different reasons. And Chris is one of those guys that I remember him way back. So oddly enough, I remember him when he was a mall cop in Hanover. 
And I used to, uh, um, I forget what it was. I, I think I was at the time I was like a regional sales manager and I had a store there and you know, the, 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 it's kind of foggy cause I'm going back like 15 years, but he was a mall cop and <laughs> I kind of remember him from being a mall cop. And then, you know, he was a chubby fat kid, so to speak. And I'm not insulting him cause he knows this, but he was a mall cop. And, uh, you know, and then he started training and he started getting in shape. And he was one of those guys that like, he really didn't know if he'd have a fight. And then he had one, he's like, ah, oh, I'll just do one. And then one turned into two, turned into three, you know, turned into four and, and the bug bit him. Um, I think he said he never really intends to go in pro. He was just going to have some fun, test himself as a man. And, you know, and, and he's a dispatcher for 911 and stuff like that. So, you know, he has a career ahead of him um, that, you know, fight was just kind of like a, a fun type bucket list thing. Good. I know he's, uh, you know, he's an uh, integral part and helps you out with stuff at Cage Titans and, and is a good friend of yours. And, uh, you know, that, that support just helping you out and helping the, the, the gang around the team, man. He's an important part of uh, the Cage, Cage Titans crew in and out of the cage, Mike. So, dude, uh, yeah. we, we talked about... He wants about... to match make. That's, that's his ultimate Yeah, I, I saw him... Cause, and he did make a couple of matches in the past as far yep. as, you know, coming to you or speaking to other fighters about... His, his last two fights he made himself with Matt Bina and uh, Mo. You know, uh, you know, at the time I didn't even know who you know Matt Bina was. He was out in Western Mass, and I, and I didn't really pay too much attention out there. And he's like, "Hey, this is the guy I want to fight my next fight." And I'm like, uh, "Okay." <laughs> and then like same kind of thing with Mo. And it was like, "All right, I know I came off a loss, but I want to test myself against the next best guy and see what I got." And he kind of made that fight. Um, he did. He, he did, um, there was probably a few years ago when it looked like he was going to be done. Cause that's the biggest thing. It's like when you're done fighting, we can talk about kind of bringing you on in a, a, a more defined role because when you're still fighting, if you want to match make on the off cards, it's like, well, wait a minute. Like, aren't you a fighter, but you're a matchmaker, you know? So, uh, but he did some unofficial matchmaking um, so to speak, because he, he he put out his own rankings and he's just like, these are dream <laughs> yeah. matchups that I have. And then next thing you know, he tagged everybody. Yeah. And then people hit me up being like, hey, Chris O'Brien tagged me in a post yeah. that that was a dream matchup. Do you want to, yeah, I want to fight for you. And then, so he, he's done some work. So it'll be interesting to see where, where Chris kind of goes in the future. But a uh, very super nice guy, super nice kid. And, uh, you know, we'll see. Just like with everybody in Cage Titans, we want our fighters to be a part of our, 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 our whole event. And, and I, I preach it and people might get sick of it or think it's marketing, but we are cage Titans. Everybody. I want to be a, you know, homegrown talent or, and, and do more than just fighting. I want the, the, the fans to know who these people are outside, just punching each other in the face. And then as you see, like in our commentary booth and, you know, photography and everything we do, it's like, you, you know, we want our people in there, you know, uh, we could go out and, and get, you know, UFC fighters to commentate or big names to commentate to kind of get some buzz. But it's like, no, man, like this show, Sean Lally is going to be commentating. Ken Moy is going to be commentating. Andy is our staple of homegrown talent. Um, you know, on the pre-show, we got you. Um, we got Connor Matthews, who basically is an up-and-coming guy that wants some mic time and, and wants to be more comfortable in front of the camera because he intends to hopefully one day, if he can, try to make the UFC, and he knows how important it is to be in front of the camera. Johnny Cupcakes is going to be there with you. Um, you know, so, like, we want our people to be involved more than just fight night punching each other in the face, and we want them to get an opportunity because 
they're in this right now because they love it. And it's gonna, they're going to probably be in love with this sport longer than they're going to be fighting. So if we can give them some opportunity to be a part of it, um, you know, Jimmy Manning's part of the cage crew. He comes at 7 in the morning setting up. Um, you, you know, same with Jeff Joy will be there this weekend setting up the cage. Like, everybody, it, it's, like a, it's, it's like a family uh, reunion, yeah. so to speak, every fight weekend. You know it. You're around. You, you've been at my house till seven. Well, our neighbor's house <laughs> till seven in the morning. <laughs> Dude, I'm still recouping from that. So <laughs> you better be ready for this weekend. I know. Holy shit. Hey, you know it's funny, Mike, uh, because Chris Motino just announced that uh, he's or they, you know, someone announced it and I shared it that he's fighting in a couple of months. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get an interview with him Sunday morning. So I gotta be home. <laughs> home at a decent time so but i know me man even if i have an hour sleep i'll get it done so uh i'm not i'm not missing an after party that's for sure you sleep steve you're like a go-getter man you're one of a kind you really are all right dude let's talk a little bit about this card man uh i have uh i mean we don't have to go through everything but uh you know the card just comes out i have to eat that's all my right, wife just showed up at McDonald's it, for me. Well, you she can, brought me some French fries. I, I so you, I you, you, you snuck a couple in earlier, so let's let's be honest. And she so. brought me a <laughs> she brought me a McFlurry. A McFlurry, dude. like come on, the ice cream machine wasn't broken. Dude. So I, I, I this is like gold right here. Dude, she is the best. I see I see how she operates behind. She calls the shot. She's the real boss out there. so so i have the card up here i'm gonna put it up there we don't have to talk about everything uh just a couple of really important things because we're gonna have the pre-show and all that other stuff breaking down a lot of these you're gonna have the press conference tomorrow weigh-ins friday so a lot of this information is gonna come out but you know i just learned mostly about the card and who's on it uh you know because i'm kind of all over the place so i did go uh photoshop so i'm gonna throw it out here and we can talk about who's calling me is that for me or you I'm going to yell at them right now, Mike. Hold on. It's, it's, it, no, you know who's calling me right now? Zachary oh. Searle. Searle, the kid never watches my podcast, but you're on it today. He hasn't got off my fucking feed yet. He's like <laughs> he's like calling, like getting matchups and everything. So, Mike, let's get to this card, man, because I have it up. And um, yep. I would imagine this is the order, the way that you had it on the website. Is the, yep, is bottom that- first fight is... Uh, Muay Thai fight, Joey Rogers taking on Steve uh, Drayton. So that's a Muay Thai fight to start the night off, just like we did last card, and then you know work your way up all yeah. the way to the main event. So the main, uh, the main, uh, the main card starts with uh, the title fight, the uh, flyweight amateur title fight, correct? Yeah, man. Uh, Nate Russell taking on Joe Poria. I mean, like Joe Poria. I mentioned Jack Congdon earlier, who kind of like exploded on the scene and is looking for a title. Jack, uh, Joe Poirier is kind of the same way. He just he came right out the gate, two first-round finishes, you know, and just smashing guys. And, like, I'll take on any and all comers. His opponent fell out last show before COVID, and he was only 1-0 and at the time. And I remember he was like, I'll fight Nate Russell. I'll fight David Doral. I'll fight any of these guys. And I'm like, dude, you're 1-0. Like, let's kind of go a nice step up. He didn't care. And he's just a killer, and he's hungry. Um, and then you look at Nate Russell. I mean, Nate Russell's six and one. He's been fighting since 2015, I think, and uh, or 14. His only loss in his career is to Richie Santiago, who's now an eight and three pro who fought in Dana White's contender series. So like this, the, you know, he's been the top dog for many years in New England, and 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 Joe's looking to kind of 
take him out. He, Joe came and picked up some extra tickets the other day, and he said, "I think, yeah. I think his quote, and I, I can't really exactly quote what he said, but part of it was something about grinding the old man to dust or something <laughs> like that." Uh, you know, and and because uh, Joe's just a young, hungry guy, and you got Nate, who's kind of like the save, uh, savvy veteran who's been around for a while. He's a little older guy, and uh, yeah, man, it, it, that that should be a fun fight to open up the the main card. And you mentioned, um, you know, Nate. Uh, you know, he's been in amateur since 2014, and the last fight was against Richie Santiago, which coincidentally enough was the flyweight title amateur title at Cage Titans in 2015. It was the last time Nate fought for you guys. It was the last time Richie fought for you guys. These two guys are back six years later, and Richie's co-main event, and um, Nate, is, Nate is fighting for a title, man. That's a great storyline. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's really, it's pretty really cool. good. And, and think about Nate. Like, what title, like, all the titles he's had, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's had two or three other amateur titles, um, you know, and I don't want to speak for him, you know, and I'm a little biased, obviously, but I feel like, you know, in, in New England, you know, you, if you're a title holder, you, you probably want to hold the Cage Titans title. And, 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 and again, I'm biased, but, you know, I feel strongly that our, our, our titles are, are, are the strongest in New England. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to have Nate come back and, you know, he's collected some other belts and he, he's kind of he's coming for the top belt, in my opinion. Yeah, um, and, and he's got to get him back. And he's got some work in recently. He went and uh, he fought in another state, and uh, he got a win there. So um, he's he's got the he's got the cage dust off, and now now yep. he's ready to get back in there, dude. So um, you know, I think uh, he trains with FAA, um, Nick Newell's gym, yep. or over there. So you're gonna have a lot of them eyes coming this way, man. So uh, kudos to you, bro. Yep. You've been getting a lot of those Connecticut fighters in lately from Underdog, uh, the new uh, the new yep. Ampages, and now. You know, they're most seasoned amateur coming in with Nate. Yeah, you know what's cool about this fight, too, is that Nate trains with David Durao, and David Durao was supposed to fight Joe for the title pre-COVID. And then when this show came up, uh, you know, Dave was like, listen, I think when we made this fight, Dave had already scheduled a fight in New York, I want to say. Or he said, I have something in the works, and Nate's been on the shelf a little longer, so I'd rather step aside, give my teammate... Um, some, you know, uh, the fight so that he can get work in because I have something that I'm already in the works for. And then obviously like Dave was on your show or I think you shared it where he's going pro. Yeah. Um, so, you know, kudos to him. Dave's a super nice guy. Dave will be at the show. He's actually cornering Nate. Um, but it's, it, it was, it was nice to see, you know, a teammate kind of stepping aside and, and making way for another, you know, putting his own personal gain aside for, for a teammate. And it's kind of reminiscent, not reminiscent, but like it also rings true. And in the main event, you know, I announced on Monday that the the, the main event is going to be for the lightweight title, which was held by Dan Dubuque. Uh, Dan Dubuque's managed by the same team, uh, Carlos Correa, as uh, Darius Estell. And, and Carlos came to me and was like, listen, you know, Dan's kind of, he just got married. He's got some other things. After he won the belt, he really hasn't been back at Cage Titans. Not that he doesn't plan in the future, but he'd be willing to step aside to make way so that Darius could fight for the title against JoJo. And, and then I had a decision to make, and 
and we we made that fight happen for the title instead of just a regular three round fight. Well, Mike, uh, those beautiful those beautiful new belts are going to get some work, uh, or at least one of them Finally. is going to get some work. In Finally, <laughs> you know it's so funny. I spent I, uh, whatever the money doesn't matter, but I spent a good portion of money on these brand new yeah. pro belts. You know, once you see them, um, there there's the weight to them, the detail. You know, they're, they're multiple plates. Um, it's, it's a really well-crafted belt. It's a new company I worked with here and made in the USA. Um, beautiful belts, but I, I got them right before the, the show. Yeah. Um, right before COVID. And then next thing you know, it's like COVID hits, and I got this box full of brand-new belts. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's, let's polish it off and do a title fight our first show back since COVID. Then the guy, you know, Nate, unfortunately, didn't make weight, so yeah. it made it five rounds but not a title so that the belt had to go back in the box and then i was thinking oh well we'll get darius versus shane on the uh shane on this show yeah. and then you know darius was like we're coming off an injury i i kind of eyeballed joe and i'd rather go up to 55 so i'm like all right put the belts back in the box uh <laughs> yeah. you know i was hoping that Perrin would defend yeah. and he would actually defend and win and get I, I i shouldn't say win but if he defended and win the um he would have won the new yeah. belt so, you know, there was a lot of like, put it back in the box, put it back, open the box, put it back. So I'm like, screw it. We it's burning a hole in my we, pocket. We haven't seen too many of the pictures. I mean, you sent it initially out when uh, you came out with them, when you were supposed to have that card in uh, in uh, April of, uh, I don't even know what year it is anymore when that was happening. Uh, and then, uh, you know, recently on uh, the Cage Titan site, uh, you did put the belts up there. They, they even are... get them tomorrow, so you'll get some pictures. Oh, they awesome, will put them awesome. on your waist and get some they might, they might shine the shit out of my fucking, uh, my, my lens, man. They're going to be, like, gleaming like diamonds out there. <laughs> they come with, like, travel bags and everything. It's badass, man. I'm excited for them. So, dude, man, you have this big, you know, this big title with Joe coming back, man. It's nice to have Joe back in the cage. Uh, he's a great... Great uh, commodity of your promotion. He sells a ton of tickets. He puts eyes all over that. You have the stream coming. Before we talk about the stream, uh, we'll get you know talk about a couple of my fights because I yeah. do have the video of um, of your website and how to click on the stream and all that. And I want you to oh, cool. I want you to explain it because I'm going to put this on uh, Spotify and they're not going to see the video. So if you just talk them through it, uh, they'll be able to know yeah. what you know what you're talking about on the on the just the audio stream, but. As far as you know, Joe fighting with, for this title, man, that's a big to do for him. Uh, good for him, man. He's a uh, he's a big face of Cage Titans. It'll be nice to see him come and uh, get a belt he once owned. Yeah, so you know, it's it's kind of cool. I think Joe posted today. He fought five years ago for the amateur title, and that's when he won it. Um, so here he is, five years later, fighting for the Cage Titans. You know, and. And obviously he hasn't fought since before COVID for cage signs, but he was active in other from uh, LFA. Um, he, he didn't have the greatest success in LFA, but, you know, for me, when this whole opportunity with Carlos, you know, vacating the belt for Dan, so to make room for Darius, it's like when you think of cage signs and you think of the lightweight division, you probably think of Joe Gianetti as, you know, one, and you think probably Peter Barry, you might think of Zach Desab. So it's like, he's been a staple for a long time. He's nine and four is, his resume, resume speaks for itself. He was on the Ultimate Fighter. He was in the main event, um, the Ultimate Fighter finale. Um, you know, and he brings, you know, what's interesting about him is he brings eyeballs from a little bit of everywhere. You know, like he does, he is popular down here in, at Plymouth, but because of his show uh, appearance on the Ultimate Fighter, he, he's got a pretty big draw uh, throughout the country. 
Um, he actually has more followers than us on Cage Titans. So, you know, he brings eyeballs, you know, that's a little bit more diverse than just the fans here in New England, which is nice. And and, and then as for Darius, I mean, he took out Joe's opponent, undefeated Zach Desab, gave him his first loss of his professional and amateur career because that came into the pros at 5-0. and And then when he fought Darius, I believe he was 6-0. and So 11-0 and combined, and Darius knocked that train out. So uh, not knocked him out, but he knocked that hype train like kind of off the tracks. And Joe later on that night was the co-main event, and he was and he won his fight against uh, Connor Barry in the co-main event. So these guys kind of had their eyes on each other for a long time. It just never happened, but it's finally happening, and and and, I, and I'm I'm pretty pumped. I mean, I think that you know for Darius, this is a huge fight for him. You know, if you if you look at Darius at seven and three, he he took out. Zach on an undefeated fighter a few fights back. Um, you know, in, in eight and three, if he wins this fight, it would have went over Giannetti, the, uh, the likes of the win over VSAB. I mean, he could be looking at the fall time fighting on the contenders type series. This is one of those fights that could catapult him. And then as for Joe, you know, he wins this fight. He's 10, uh, 10 and four. He beat a seven and three guy. He's right back in the mix, um, you know, as you know, maybe getting a shot at the contender or whatever. I don't know what would be next for him, but, you know, it puts him right back on the right track. Exactly, and he's been doing the right things. Um, you know, like you said, he didn't have all the success out of New England, but he's been doing the right things. He's been, um, you know, training hard. He's at uh, AKA, yeah. and, uh, well, he's back now getting ready, you know, for weigh-ins and stuff. But yeah. uh, he never uh, he never skipped a beat, except for, you know, the hiatus with all the shit shutting down. But the kids always had the goal in mind. Whether he lost or not on the way, his his ultimate goal is to get back in front of Dana White in one way or yeah. another. And, uh, you know, this is a big step for him to wear that new gold if he comes away victorious. And, uh, Mike, I have to say, I mean, you know, as far as I'm concerned, and I cover your show, you, you are, you know, the, 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 the top promotion with the eyes on it getting, uh, you know, fighters noticed. Because, you know, you are, I mean, you got CES and you have other promotions, but... Your promotion uh, develops from from the from the the beginning stages a lot of times, and uh, they grow up through you. So these uh these um these fighters they just gain like so much no, no, notoriety through your promotion, and uh, man, they love fighting for you because they know they're gonna get that that feedback. They know they're gonna get that promotional uh, uh, push from you on, and if they win, man. They're going to get the eyes that are going to take them farther in their career. Not saying that there's other promotions that don't do that, but Mike, you know, what you do for them with as far as like all the bands, all the videos, all, you know, the hype shit that you put out daily, uh, it's something special to watch, man. It's, it's you know, watching, like watching ESPN or, you know, the <laughs> UFC kind of, uh, you know, market themselves, man, only at a, on yeah. a smaller scale. Well, you know, I, I, obviously my background is marketing and sales and, and you know, I, I, my story, I've told it a million times and, you know, like my first fight when I fought, I got a yellow piece of construction paper with a word document printed on it. And it was like, I'm, I'm supposed to sell tickets off of this. So I designed my own poster and I put it out there and I sold a shit ton of tickets and, you know, listen, what these guys do is incredible. Being able to fight, um, and put on a show it's it's something that not many people can do um and not many people get the opportunity to do they're living out a dream inside that cage you know some people might say oh it's a fist fight it's barbaric it's not it's like 
you know, whatever they might say if they don't like MMA. But these guys are living their dreams and girls. I mean, this is something that they aspire to do. And I want to make sure that whether they're a first-time fighter, a one-and-done, a future UFC fighter, amateur champ, whatever their goals in this sport, for this one fight and them putting all that on the line, all the sacrifice, they I want to make them feel like the biggest superstar that they can. And I, I, I make, that, that is my personal goal every time we put a fight on. And, and, and hopefully it resonates with these guys. And, you know, you see guys that come back and, 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 and it makes me feel so nice when they, when they speak highly of us. And then also when they come back to us, because obviously we're doing something right and, and, and it's paying off in, in terms of just like Joe Penafiel comes on your show and how, speaking so highly of how we treated him. And I'm like, that's what I do this for. I, I, I do this for those type of um, things. And it, it's, it's not much else. Anybody in this sport of MMA, they're doing it because they love and they're passionate about it. And, and that's myself as well. Um, that's why I started promoting fights and started my own company because, you, you know, some people get into this because it's just business, not, not here at Cage Titans. Um, you know, that's, that's my soapbox on that. But we're going to treat you like a superstar no matter what because you're doing something much of the population will never do and you're putting it on the line for entertainment and you're putting your body on the line. You're sacrificing for weeks on end for that one moment to shine. And, and, and I will never, ever forget what these fighters do for us. Uh, I've been there myself, and so I know what it's like. And, and everything we do is, is to put those guys first and girls first. And uh, we're going to continue to do that, whether you're an out-of-stater or you're a hometown hero. Like, it does not matter what, what, what the story is. Um, for instance, you know, like tomorrow we have the press conference. Like we specifically fly in the out-of-state fighters early just for the press conference because um, we want to make sure they're there. In addition, like if you and your opponent can't be there, we we won't have, we, we, you know, we try not. And I'm not saying it's never going to happen or it hasn't happened. But if both sides can't be there, um, I, I, I would rather not have one guy there because I don't want to come off as favoritism where you have one guy there for the press conference, not the other. You know, it actually happened with Nate Russell and Joe Poria. So tomorrow for the press conference, we have Giannetti and Estelle. We have Richie in the party. Um, and we have Xavier and Shane. Um, I reached out to Nate. He lives in Connecticut. He's like, ah, oh, listen, man, I got to work. I can't make it. So I was like, all right, cool. Like, the fact that you can't make it, um, I just want you to know I wanted to hit you up first because if you can't, um, I'm not going to have Joe there. And he's like, oh, that, that's super cool of you. And, it, and it's just like that's just something to me. Like, either, either all or you're none. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's the same thing in the back room. You know, you've, you've been a part of that. It's like we interview every fighter after their fight. And it's, it's not pick and choose, cherry picking either. We interview them all or we'll shut the room down and we won't interview any. Like everybody has to get equal attention. Everybody's just as important as the next uh, with Cage Titans. Yeah, and as you mentioned, Mike, I just want to put that out there because, you know, you, you give me access to the back room. I set up my tripod, light. But that room is for other media too. They want to go out there, you know, you know, you're not letting everyone in there. I mean, the specific people that you will let the in back there to have access to interviews and stuff. But it isn't, you know, there is opportunity for other media to go there and ask these Listen, questions, man. You're absolutely correct, guys. Get off your asses. You know, people like look for stuff to write about or you know whatever it is. Like, we will give you access to these fighters you know, as much access as you need or want. You have, we literally, 
walk the fighter out of the cage, cut their gloves off, get them checked out by the doctor, and then immediately walk them to their room, uh, the back room for interviews. Uh, it's just like the big shows, the UFC, Bellator. We want these guys to feel like they're on the U in the UFC events. And we also want, if a guy one day is going to be in the UFC, we don't want their first experience in how the back room works to be a deer in headlights on a UFC event their first time. Like, yeah. I was able to do that with, like, Manny. You know, Manny Bermudez, he gets to the UFC, they get out of the cage. There's a guy, there's an accountant right there having you sign your checks and paying you. There's a doctor right there giving you, you know, checking you out. They, you know, there's a guy cutting your gloves off and then they're immediately off to the interview room. And it's like, that's how it goes. And, and you don't want to be caught flat-footed when you're at the USC. So we want to give those guys that same kind of experience um, here at the local level. Excellent. So uh, go ahead. as you said, media, anybody <laughs> yeah, can go back there. there. Don't be afraid to yeah. get there. Because listen, Steve, just like you guys, like some of the media, you know, other media outlets, they might not be comfortable in front of the camera. And one day they might get their credentials for, for a UFC or a Bellator event, and they want to be stumbling the first time they're interviewing friggin' some fake guy in the UFC and look like an idiot? No. So, you know, get your bearings at the local level, and and, and, and it's cool, man. So this is not just for the fighters. It's for the media as exactly, well to exactly. kind of get their chops uh, in the interviewing game. Definitely. Well, Mike, you uh, mentioned the presser tomorrow. You're going to have them fighters there. I want to mention one more fight before I show the stream stuff and uh, let us get oh. out of get let us get out of here. Uh, you mentioned Joe and Richie going to be there tomorrow, so people tune into the stream and you know check all that fire going on there. You also uh, uh, mentioned that you would have Shane. Uh, uh, who else there? Shane and uh, Shane, Shane Xavier Cardona for the forty-five pound title. And then one and Joe and Joe and uh, Joe and Estelle. All right, so you'll have three. There's one fight uh, I want to just. You know, talk a little bit about because you and I could talk all night, Mike. We'd be here for fucking five hours. Absolutely. But you have my, uh, fry, my French fries are yeah, cold. Yeah, we're we gonna get out of here. So, uh, you have Kylie O'Hearn coming back. Yes. She uh, desperately needs a win. Uh, I think she's uh, maybe lost a, a a couple in a row, or I, I could she's be mistaken. one and two. She's she's uh, lost one loss, so she's. You're one and two right now. All right, so she's coming back to your organization, Mike. Uh, is you know Kylie was a big, big face, big name uh, for you in the amateur rankings growing up. Uh, you know her, you know fight for you as a pro coming back yep. there. She's coming back, man. After what a long, long time not fighting for you. What a, year, a couple of years? Well, she fought once as a pro for us. So one of her three, but she 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 wasn't super active. I think she she fought for somebody else, and I forget who her first fight was. It might have been us. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I know she has I a win she, with. I think she debuted uh, pro debuted with you, but I think her last fight in general in the cage was a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, I think she lost that uh, CES to um, the Widowmaker. Yeah, at forty five. Yeah, at a huge weight, a big, a big you know big weight for but, her. So. I mean, this fight's exciting because, I mean, Kylie is one of those crazy fighters that, like, she's never in a boring fight. Like, you watch a Kylie fight, it's Rock'em Sock'em Robots, and it's just, like, slugfest and caution to the wind, and, and, and she's just an exciting fighter. And then you look at Whitney Piles. I mean, Whitney Piles, a fighter very similar to Kylie and KK, uh, Christina Katsigas, um, who was kind of like a brute Rock'em Sock'em 
like in your face. Her nickname's the Meat Grinder. Yeah. Like Kylie and KK could be sisters in this fight game. Um, you know, and, and Whitney came in and, and took out KK in KK's pro, pro debut. Uh, so here she is coming back and, and, and looking for the other upset and taking out uh, Kylie. And then obviously Kylie's sitting on the shelf for a little while. You know, she's expanding her training regimen. Um, she, you know, she's doing strength and conditioning. She's, she's, she's kind of putting it all in right now. So, uh, I, this, you know, she was a girl that came out of their amateurs, like, oh, this girl could go to the UFC. Then she's, she kind of skid a little bit in her uh, first three fights as a, as a pro, but we will see on uh, Saturday night, the new and approved Kylie. And I'm excited to see Whitney because Whitney was very impressive when she came out and took out another heavily hyped amateur in KK. Um, she trains with Gravely down there, Perry, uh, Perry, her coach, Perry Gibson, Tech MMA, super nice guy. He's been around for a long time. And so she's training with good people, and, and that fight's going to be a, definitely going to be a banger. Excellent, my man. Well, congratulations uh, getting her matched up, getting her back in that cage because it's going to be... You might, have, you might have seen the behind-the-scenes getting Kylie. Yeah, I, I, was... saw, I saw it behind the scenes. I know how we get fights matched with you, Mike. I see how you get fights going. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'll give them the... You know, listen, it's, it's I, sad, everybody Mike. can hear about just, fights, I, I but got, sometimes I the funny... words. It's tough love with Mike. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know, Kylie. It's it's, it's funny because we were at a we were at the after party, and that's how it all came to fruition. She's like, "I want to fight. Whatever you want to do, you know, I, I'm all in. I'm training." And I was like, "All right, if you're serious, you know, obviously the after party when everybody has a beer or a drink in their hands, we don't make fights there, yeah. but." You know, hit me up on Monday. Like, that yeah. fight just happened. We're here to have a good time. And if you're serious, let's go. And and I got the text, and I got the call, and I got the follow-up, and I got the next follow-up, and the follow-up after that. You get me somebody, you get me somebody, you get me somebody. And, uh, you know, so here's a fight. Uh, so, fighters, definitely come to the after party. You might get yourself your next fight. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Well, you got to be invited. It's having on the wharf. You got, yeah, it's having on the wharf. You got to be invited for the extracurricular uh, uh, after party, secret location. Um, yes, Mike. So what I want to do, I want to talk about, you know, how to get the stream because what I'm going to do with this uh, as we talk, I'm going to clip this out after, so people yep. know how to get the stream. I'll send this out on Instagram so no, uh, awesome. nobody can like, you know, talk us through it. So. Um, I'm gonna uh, let me where it is where is it right now? I gotta find it right. There so it I can't see your I can't see I know, the screen. I, so what I do is I'm just gonna click it. On, I click it on the website and then I just like go to the stream. So talk about what you do. Go to the website and where to, how to yep, find so, it. Yeah. Uh, so basically, you know, if you if you're interested and you can't make it out this Saturday night, uh, you can go and check out the live stream on our uh, CageTitansFC.com. So make sure CageTitansF is in Frank, C is in Charlie.com. Uh, right when you get to the website, in the top right-hand corner is uh, watch the live stream. You can click on that. brings you right to the page. Order it up. And what's a great thing that we did last show, and this was the first time we've done a live stream because we were at Flow Combat for many years. I wanted to figure out a way to bring the fighters in to the revenue stream. You know, uh, you, you look at the, the USC and they do pay-per-view points to so like the headliners. I wanted to make sure everybody on the card had an opportunity to gain additional revenue, not just the local fighters who can sell tickets. Now our artist status can sell live streams, local fighters that have friends that can't make to the fights, they can sell live streams. So the live stream is $25 with $5 going back for every purchase back to the fighters. So um, they get a cut 
of every sale. All you need to do is put your favorite fighter's last name in the fighter promo code box, and that, that money will go back to them. Another piece of this stream, which I'm really happy and excited we're able to bring, is there's a fighter donation spot as well. So if you want to give back to your favorite fighter in addition to purchasing the stream, or if you don't even want to purchase the stream and you just want to give them a donation, uh, you can also do that on their page. Any amount that you want, five bucks, 10 bucks, 100, whatever you want to do, and 100% of that money goes directly to the fighter that you put in. Um, you know, last event, I, I, I speak highly of Erica Valentine. It was her uh, amateur debut, and she got close to $500. I think it was like four something. Uh, just through donations and through her uh, selling. She was the highest selling uh, stream person. I think she sold close to 50, somewhere around there, uh, 50 or 60. So this is a real great opportunity. Your fights are getting streams everywhere else when you're fighting for other promotions. And, you know, here for us, we are a community. We are Cage Titans, and I wanted everybody to feel a part of this um, endeavor. And, and, and that's why we're doing it. So... Make sure you get the live stream. Make sure you put your favorite fighter's last name in the fighter code so they get credit, and they will get a percentage back from every sale, but they will also get 100% if you choose to make a donation as well. Awesome, my friend. And another thing that you uh, you do, you included on there, it's, you know, the price for, you know, just to do it yourself, but you have, uh, you have uh, the bar rate. To do it at a bar, yep. you have a household rate where you do it on multiple um, kind of TVs or multiple uh, so, media sources yeah. too, right? Well, so what that was is that like we did a house party, and let's be honest, it's an honor system. I, I don't yeah. know if you got five people in your house or you got one or two. Like you know, you might be. So the idea behind it, it's honor system. Like if you're gonna have ten buddies over and order some pizza, like a UFC pay per view night, you, you know, that to get it for twenty five bucks. You know, you could pay the 50 for the house party like you normally would do. But the fighters in that, they still get more money. Yeah. The fighters still get 20%. So if you get a house party, the fighter gets 10 bucks. If you get, uh, for instance, Peter Barrett works at a restaurant and a bar. So last show, we didn't even have that option up there. He's like, hey, um, you, you know, my restaurant, my bar is going to get it. They kind of feel weird just paying 25 bucks. Is there, you know, could they pay a little bit more? Or like, what would the price be? I said, what are they willing to pay? He's like 200. And I was like, all right, cool. 200 bucks it is. And then he gets 40 bucks out of that, yeah. the 20% kickback. So like if Ali Zabian, they didn't end up doing it, but he has a restaurant that was going to get it out in Springfield. So, you know, th that's an option. Again, it's honor system. I'll never know. Yeah. But the fighter is getting a cut of that. Um, and then the other additional benefit is if you're doing a house party, you know, we will share out, hey, you know, maybe on the broadcast, I think there's a couple little notes, like I forget what the exact reads are, but if you get a house party, we'll give you shout outs on the broadcast and we'll share your pictures if you tag us from your house party on our social media. And then at the bar, if you rent it from at the bar, we will announce to you and share on social media that for people who couldn't come to the fights, you know, you can go watch it at Barrett's Ale House or Main Street Sports or, you know, one of those places. So we will give them some additional push um, for purchasing those streams. And uh, again, the fighters are getting tied into this and and, and, I, and I think it's important uh so so that there you have it that was kind of the the, the how that came to fruition with those house party and in, in the bar purchase well great great my man uh you're doing it out of all angles bro you're uh 
<laughs> it's amazing. I mean, you know, I go, I, I don't have to buy the stream because I'm at the show and I'm in the back room. I should buy it because I don't get to watch the fights as much. Wait, you know? whoa, 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 whoa. Actually, what? The biggest thing after this past fight in our post fight meeting, I said, we have to get that back TV working. So in the back room, in the interview room, the fights can be playing. So that was, um, a top priority for our production guy coming out of COVID. I, I think if you remember at the very beginning of the interview room, we did have the TV yeah. working. And then what happened was, is that the church used to do service out of there and over COVID when Memorial hall shut down, they moved. So some of the cords and things of that nature, yeah. it didn't allow it for last show. So we, we didn't really know until that day. Uh, but I told Phil in production, we got to get that TV going. It's got to be a high priority list. And he said, he assured me it will be working. So you will have the fights live back there. So you can watch because I think it's important because if you're back there interviewing and you don't know how their fight went, you had no clue what was going on. Yeah. You're kind of winging it. Now you can see the fight. And then when they come back there, you can you can reference the fight because you actually saw it. Exactly. You know, and a couple of times uh, as you spoke that you had the fights back there, you know, I think I was interviewing Jay Perrin one time and we were watching a fight after his or something. And like he stopped mid-interview. We were just like, I think it might have been one of Don's fights or something. We were just like pinned to yeah. it. You know, it was, it was fucking real, a real good moment. You know what I mean? And, it, and it's kind of funny. You get a moment like that or, hey, shit. If it's like a teammate fighting after a yeah. teammate, you can do a fight companion back there. Yeah, good sound bites. Excellent sound bites, man. And that's what I'm all yeah. about, brother. So, Mike, man, we've been talking for a while. I got to get to bed. I got to go to work. I got to go to your press conference tomorrow. Not, I got to go. I'm looking forward to going to your press conference tomorrow and seeing some, uh, seeing a couple of fireworks, maybe getting a couple of sound bites off to the side. Uh, but, dude, man, I'm going to let you. you uh... suck now, Steve. <laughs> Ice cold. <laughs> <laughs> well worth it. I'd talk to you all day. Toaster oven, brother. Toaster oven. With that said, Mike, any uh, last words you want to send out there, man? We kind of covered everything. We couldn't go through all the fights, but you did that nah, uh, yeah. on Table Titans. We're going to be, uh, you know, we got three. You're going to be doing that on fight yeah. night. So, uh, you know, fight week is here. Uh, tomorrow we have the press conference live from Main Street Sports. We are going to be streaming at 1 o'clock. We have uh, producer Brian coming. We have all the kinks worked out. So, we made sure the internet, we were there on Monday. Uh, we made sure the internet's working, the microphones are working. Um, you know, coming out of COVID, we had a couple of hiccups on the last press conference. Um, you know, but coming out of a year and a half uh, layoff, some of the equipment and some of the stuff didn't go as planned, but we got it all worked out. We're going to be live, crisp sound, great picture, um, great feed on tomorrow at one o'clock. I say one, knowing fighters. By the time they get there, we'll probably be at 1.30. But, you know, that's that, That's the goal. So you can catch out the press conference tomorrow. Just like you're excited, Steve will be our MC master of ceremonies, throwing all the questions out there. But I'm excited to see these guys face off. Yeah. You know, granted, we only have we have the three fights, so there's going to be six fighters, including myself. But, you know, um, I think Shane and Xavier are very respectful. So, you know, that'll be fun. You know, who knows, you know, what what's going to happen with those two. Um, I, I think they'll be respectful, but Shane's a very charismatic kid, so that should be interesting. And Xavier has a lot of depth to his character. Um, you know, all the stuff he does outside the cage. He's fight. You know, his his mom passed away two weeks ago. He almost pulled out, but his his coach almost pulled him out, and he's like, "Nope, I'm doing this. I don't care." Uh, so you know, there's a lot there's a lot riding on this fight for him. So it'll be interesting to see what he has to say when he gets in front of the camera, because he's one of those guys like Shane, no problem talking in front of the camera. Xavier. 
doesn't have a, pro a problem talking in front of the camera. He runs a podcast for, you know, single dads and stuff like that, but he hasn't really been in front of the camera for case time. So I'm excited to get him in front of the camera and then come on Richie versus the party. Like you had him on your podcast. We had him on ours. Uh, Joe, the party's already told me, he's like, keep him away from me. <laughs> so I was like, I will do my best Dana White when they stare down tomorrow. Um, and literally Pat Gilbride is one of the nicest guys. And the party found a way to get under his skin and and get face to face and a little push and match at weigh-ins. He does not like Richie, so this this is going to be interesting tomorrow. So I might have to have you as my backup there. Oh, yeah, I'm going to uh, do a lot. I'm going to fucking do a lot there. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously uh, Joe G and Edmund Darius is still both there, both super respectful guys. But you know Joe's not afraid to throw a little trash talk. Uh, Darius. I don't think I wouldn't call it trash talk. He's very confident yeah. in his abilities and he's very matter of fact. So that'd be another fun one. But tomorrow press conference, one one thirty on the Case Shines Facebook page. Then obviously we come back on Friday for the weigh-ins. Ceremonial weigh-ins are at one o'clock as well at Pins. Um, if you want to come down and watch, come down in person, or we will have the live stream. And then as always on Saturday it is fight day. I think five fifteen. Uh, doors open at five. 5.15, the pre-show will be live from the stage at Plymouth Memorial Hall with your host, Steve Domenico, and co-host uh, Johnny Cupcakes Campbell and the controller, Connor Matthews. They will be live from 5.15, bringing you up to 6 o'clock when the broadcast starts, and that will be on the Facebook Live at Cage Titans, and then you'll be able to jump right over at 6 o'clock to the first fight of the night, Cage Titans 49. And then, as always, the after party at Tavern on the Wharf. They will have the UFC fights on like they always do. Um, I think there's a, there's a card this weekend. Um, who's, who's fighting this weekend? I don't know. I, I watch you. Yeah. I watch local. It's Cage yeah. Titans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. I got nothing else. Um, I'm long-winded. I got nothing. Yeah, we, got we, nothing. We, we, we covered plenty, Mike, man. I appreciate you, man. Uh, always, brother. Uh, it's a, it's, it's, um, Man, it's it's like a, like you said, a family reunion when uh, a Cage Titan event is going on, brother. Um, I have a great time. I look forward to it, and it's something special for me, man. I don't get out much. I mean, I go to local bar, have a beer here or two, but I'm not a a guy that goes out and enjoy. You know, I don't go to concerts all that other stuff. This is yeah. this is my uh, this is my uh, kind of. Uh, this is your fun. night out. It's my night out. This is my night. And out. And a lot of people like that, you know. Shout out to big super fan Mikey De Silva. Unfortunately, this is his first show he's going to miss in probably six years. And he always said the same thing to me. He's like, Mike, I don't go out. I don't go to bars. I don't go out with friends. He goes, my night out is every 10 weeks when there's a cage site. Yeah. He goes, you don't know the impact it has on my life. But, you know, for him, he got a job as a CO last month. He's only been there less than 30 days. He couldn't work out a swap. Uh, so he's so bummed that he can't make it. But, uh, you know, there's many guys that are like you. You know, this is their night out. This is their, you know, put on their Sunday's best and, and, and come out and have a good time uh, from, you know, start to finish. One thing I will give you on, on my closing note, get there, try to get there early because there is a waterfront festival down in Plymouth. Um, so parking will be a little difficult. There will be a little bit of traffic. So if one of your friends is fighting early in the night, the waterfront festival ends at 6. So if one of your friends is fighting early in the night, and you could probably sound clip this, but if one of your friends is fighting early in the night, um, get there early so you don't miss it. Because um, the Waterfront Festival is going on, I believe, from 2 to 6. With that being said, if one of your friends is fighting later in the night, you know, main car or something like that, 
I personally would suggest if you don't want to be there or you don't care about the early fights, come a little bit after six so that you beat the traffic and you get some good parking because the waterfront, there's going to be that little that little sticky time point. You know, the waterfront festival ends at six. We start at six. People are going to be coming to Plymouth trying to find parking at four because the doors open at five. So if your friend's fighting later in the night, I personally would suggest coming later in the night. You don't got to be there right at four or five for doors open. You don't got to be there right at six. Let that six o'clock once the waterfront festival ends, let those people get out of the way and then make your way down. Just a suggestion. If you want to sit there for all the fights and sit in traffic, by all means. That's just my little uh, tidbit of information for you. Awesome. Well, there is a stream available if you get stuck in traffic. All you have to do is go to <laughs> cagetitansc.com yeah. and you can get the stream and watch it until you get to the event, man. So it all works out. You got it covered. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And I know that there's a couple party buses coming down too, so awesome, you can man. put it on in the on the TVs and the party bus on your ride down. There we go. Uh, there you go. Excellent, my man. Well, Mike, man, a pleasure, bro. Uh, I gotta get going. I gotta get to sleep. I gotta go to work, and then I'm, right. gonna, I'm gonna come hang out with you tomorrow. I'll man. see you so tomorrow. You definitely will, Mike. So, uh, dude, thank you so much for all the info tonight, and you have a good night's sleep. Thank you to your wife Shelly for uh, letting me borrow you tonight, man, and making and her, my French fries. making her cameo on my podcast the first time we've seen Shelly on, on social media. And unless she's yelling at somebody in the back room for being stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. All right, guys. So I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you so much, Steve. We'll talk to you soon. We'll see All you right. tomorrow. Have a good night, man. Peace out. Later. All right. With that said, let me uh, get cast guest catcher off. Yeah, capture off. Um, great podcast tonight. I had on uh, Mike Bazanson, all class to start the show. Mike Paul there from Cage Titans to end the show. Great conversation. I had Zach Searle uh, tune into my show tonight. That never happens. And, um, you know, because he says this is a kind of low rate kind of podcast and he's uh, he's above me. So with that said. I'll see everybody next week in the Room Podcast. We out.